SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. I'm Brad Brown, and uh, thank you to the MoneyWeb team. They're back again tomorrow. Busy show lined up for you tonight. We'll have live athletics for you from Porch of Sturm this evening. We'll also touch base with uh, Blitzbach skipper Philip Sneeman, the uh, South African Sevens team returning from the Vancouver and Las Vegas Sevens uh, this morning. We'll chat to him on tonight's show. And also, we'll preview tonight's UEFA Champions League action. But let's start with some football news. And the draw for the 2017 FIFA Under-20 World Cup took place in South Korea uh, earlier today. Talbot Sonong's charges have been drawn alongside South American champions, Uruguay, European giants Italy, and Asia's leading football nation, Japan. We'll have some reaction from Neil Toviel, but later on in this evening's show. Domestically, for Nedbank Cup, round of 32 matches uh, to look forward to tonight. Platinum Stars welcome Amazulu, but Vestvitz travel to the Athlone Stadium. They play Cape Town All-Stars. Royal Eagle, uh, Eagles host Supersport United, and Whitbank Spurs are away to Chipper United. All of those matches kick off at 7.30. And uh, as I mentioned, TUA for Champions League clashes. We'll chat about that a little bit later on. Staying with news out of Europe, Anthony Marshall and Wayne Rooney have been ruled out of uh, Manchester United's Europa League second leg clash against Rostov tomorrow night. Both of them are injured. And speaking of Rostov, they've been banned from playing their home ground until the state of their pitch improves. In cricket news, the second test between the Proteas and New Zealand gets underway in the early hours of tomorrow morning, South African time in Wellington. The Black Caps have been dealt another injury blow with the news that Trent Bolt is not available for selection. He joins Ross Taylor on the sidelines. Proteas skipper Fafdu Plessis says even though they're missing two key players, New Zealand can't be written off. Fantastic by the Bolt, so a huge loss for them. Um, but same thing with a guy who steps in as an international cricketer, so they, anyone who plays at the national cricket is dangerous. Um, so I assume that someone like Matt Henry, you know, obviously Tim Saudi didn't play the previous game, he's just as uh, high quality bowler, so they've still got enough, enough resources there. Um, and just, as I said, just preparing for what we think their team will be. Triple C has called on his batters to step up in the second test and really kick on if they are set at the crease. Once again, just consistency. Um, as I said, as a batting unit, we've been very good at, at stepping up different guys through different series. Um, there's been a hundred and every innings that we've played. Um, but for me, it's, we haven't had that consistency that I'm asking for from the batters. It's just you get 100 a, a series from each guy or... You know, and it's just about raising that consistency ball. We, we relying every series on two players to make the play uh, in the top six, and that needs to be better. You need, you need to be firing about four out of the six better. In other test news, Dinesh Chanamal was unbeaten on 86. That is Sri Lanka reached stumps on day one of their second test against Bangladesh on 238 for seven. In one-day international news, Afghanistan downed Ireland by 30 runs. They take a 1-0 lead in that five-match series. In domestic crickets, there is a momentum one-day cup clash that's taking place at Senves Park in Porch of Struam. The Dolphins up against the Lions. Uh, the Dolphins were sent in to bat 344 for seven in their 50 overs. The Lions struggling at 31 for the loss of two. They need another 313 runs for victory. It seems like everything's happening in Poch tonight. The third leg of the ASA Speed Series taking place there. We'll chat to Manfred Seidler a little later in the show. Finally, on to some rugby news. The Bulls have decided that they are not going to be contracting Springbok winger Cornell Hendricks this season. That on medical advice. 
And it was also announced today that the match between the Waratahs and the Brumbies that will uh, take place this weekend will be played for the Dan Vickerman Cup, and in honour of Dan Vickerman, who passed away last month. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch, you can via social media. Just look for SAFM Radio on the various platforms. Uh, you can also look me up at Big Brad Brown. Or if you'd like to get in touch, pop us an SMS, 40938. Those SMS is charged at 150. It's a new SMS line, 40938. Get those SMS. In. Coming up next, we'll chat some Sevens Rugby. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, it was another successful weekend uh, for the South African Sevens sides. Not winning the HSBC Vancouver Sevens, finishing second, but uh, picking up more points and keeping them on top of uh, the world standings so far this season. We're joined now by the skipper of that squad. They touched down back in South Africa today. Philip Snaimon, welcome on to SAFM Sports Wrap, and uh, welcome back. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's nice to be with you guys. Philip, uh, I want to say probably disappointing for you guys this weekend, losing in the final. Uh, another good performance, but I know you hold yourself to, to very high standards. You will be disappointed that you didn't clinch the title. Yeah, definitely. You don't want to play in a final and not win it. Um, so, yeah, um, but overall, the two weeks, the one in Vegas and Vancouver, um, one one we won the cup and the other one we, we, we played in the final all in all, um, happy with the performance, but it's been um, the ultimate if we could won the, the Vancouver Sevens as well. Yeah, absolutely. And just looking at uh, the season so far, I mean, you've you've pretty much uh, lost three games, three three to England. Uh, it's is that a concern for you and, and the rest of the squad? That I don't want to say England have your number, but uh, out of all the teams on the circuit, they the team who seem to have uh, the best measure of South Africa. No, definitely. Um, luckily, I think we, we played them in the final in um, Wellington as well, and we managed to beat them there. Um, but like I say, yeah, England's a very good squad. Um, they have a lot of experience and uh, a well-balanced squad. And I think on any given day, um, if they play well and and we're not on our best, and they they can beat us, and they they showed that in the final. Um, I think we had our opportunities, but. Um, unfortunately, once or twice we, we lost ball position and they took control of the game. So, yes, England's a very good side, but I still believe yeah, we, we, we can beat them if we play to our fullest potential. Looking back at both Vancouver and Vegas, what are, what are some of the positives you'll take out of that fortnight? Yes, I, I don't think we were as clinical as we would have hoped to be, um, but a real positive for me was the work ethic of the guys. and They, they, they played really hard. Um, they never stopped working, and they showed a lot of character. Even sometimes in the dying seconds, um, when when the other teams were on attack and on our try line, um, they just keep on defending. And yeah, so really happy of that. And I think we can we can take a lot of positive out of that. Um, once or twice, I think um, our discipline let us down. Um, considered a lot of penalties, and yeah, then the opposition had some easy turnover ball. So that's one thing that we can maybe address before we're going into the Hong Kong leg. Let's let's talk about what's left this season. We've just passed the halfway mark. Uh, there's four more tournaments left uh, this season. I know when the team returned from the Rio Olympic Games, you set yourselves the target of you wanted to be number one in the world. So far, things going well this season, but uh, there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah, so far so good. Um, and we have that main goal um, of winning the World Series. But you don't want to stumble over a hurdle now um, going into the into the last four. So 
for now we want to focus on on, on Hong Kong and and Singapore and if we can manage to to have one or two good tournaments in the in the net round um I think we're one step closer um of, of reaching that uh, that goal so yes um overall happy where we are at the, at the moment and if somebody would have said at the beginning of the year the six finals you guys can play in all six finals I think we gladly said yes for that Philip, Hong Kong is iconic on, on this circuit. Uh, it's one of the, the, the most well-known sevens stops on, on the world tour. Do you think that the, the loss in the final in Vancouver was a, could have been a bit of a blessing in disguise, almost forcing the team to reset that it's, you don't want to get complacent. You almost realize, you go, you know what, uh, we, we've got to lift our game. And, and coming into the next two legs, Hong Kong and, and, and Singapore, you, you've almost uh, been given a bit of a wake-up call. Yes, um, Hong Kong is is probably the the pinnacle of the tournament and one that we we so badly want to want to win. So hopefully this this year can be our year and we'll work hard. Um, yeah, and I think for us as a team we need to stay humble and keep our feet on the ground and and like you said, um, not become complacent. Um, so yeah, because that can be our worst enemy of the end of the day. So yeah, the guys will really work hard and I think there's a couple of things that we can improve on and maybe it was just the wake up call that we needed. Um so yeah, we're gonna work hard in the in the weeks to follow now. I don't think we have um too much time. So we have yeah, from today off for a week more or less and then we'll regroup and then um yeah, we start preparing for Hong Kong. Um, but yeah, I don't think um, the, the final in, in Vancouver was a change mess. Uh, one or two things that we could have done different or maybe kept up all and maybe the result would have been different. So yeah, really looking forward and really um, positive about the Hong Kong coming, the upcoming Hong Kong. A lot of the teams are rebuilding after the Rio Olympic Games and have lost a lot of players. We've lost a couple ourselves. But a, a team like New Zealand, who have, have been there or thereabouts at the, the top of the World Sevens rankings for, for many, many years, has their form surprised you this this year? How I don't want to say how badly they're playing, but they, they, they're not the formidable New Zealand that, uh, that we're used to. Yes, um, they are a very quality side, and I think um, all the teams have their own challenges and obstacles, so I don't really know like what New Zealand is facing at the moment, um, but I can assure you in the, in the near future they, they will bounce back and, and they will play in the final and maybe win a tournament this year. So, yeah, they're a very dangerous side, and I think um, they're in one of the rebuilding phases, so and they are... Um, starting to play better up for each tournament so I think definitely team that we need to look out for and yeah yeah, New Zealand's always tough competitors to play against. Philip as far as the squad goes as you said you've got a week or so off before you, you start to build up to Hong Kong from, a, from an injury and personnel perspective is there are there any major concerns? Um, yes the, the body is quite tight after a long two and a half weeks and we suffered a fair amount of injuries lately, but the doctors will assess that now, and hopefully in the next day or two we'll get clarity over those injuries, and then we'll take it from there. I don't know how badly the injuries will be, but yeah, coming next Wednesday or maybe tomorrow, we will hear what's what's going on, and and then we'll um, go from there onwards. So yeah, I don't want to jump the gun or anything, but yeah, hoping for the best and praying that they, those guys will really um, just have something minor. 
Well, Philip, uh, Sam, thank you so much for joining us here on SAFM Sport Trap tonight. Uh, we look forward to seeing you and the rest of the team in action in the Asian Swing, Hong Kong and Singapore Sevens. Uh, more reasonable hours for the South African fans to watch, I must say, but uh, it was great watching you in Vancouver and Las Vegas once again. Thanks uh, for, for another two weeks of, of great Sevens rugby, and we look forward to, to more in the near future. Yes, Nama, thank you guys, and thank you guys for all the support, and thank everybody too for waking up late at night. Um, we owe you guys this time. Well, I know the body clock must be taking a bit of strain having that long haul flight from uh, from Canada. So I'm going to let you get some sleep. Thanks for for joining us tonight. Sure. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. This is South Africa's news and information leader and more UEFA Champions League action to look forward to this evening. Some interesting results last night and we joined uh, once again by football journal Irfan Adam. Irfan, welcome on to SAFM Sports Trap. Let's talk about last night's game and I think the, the big one that everyone's talking about, Leicester City getting absolutely hammered in the league, the, the champions of England and they threw to the quarterfinals. What, what, what a result. Oh, what a story. It, uh, I know people have been calling it the impossible dream, and it just continues in Europe, and they continue to defy the odds. I mean, uh, the performance they dished out last night was one of seasoned European campaigners, and they certainly took the bull by the horns and beat uh, via their own game, if I may add. Yeah, I, I thought that away goal that they picked up in the first leg might have uh, come into play, and obviously they went to goal up, and that was it. Uh, if it stayed that way, second half, they just needed to hang on to that, but they did score a second. Fantastic performance, and let's not forget, uh, with, without a manager. Interestingly enough, um, before this game, Sevilla didn't concede a goal away from home in Europe all season. So it was uh, the early goal proved to be crucial. And uh, given the way that Sevilla started, you would have bet against uh, Leicester. You would have bet on Sevilla progressing because there were a couple of big saves by Casper Schmeichel early on. And uh, it, it just shows that uh, if you if you play with heart and soul it can often outweigh talent, which uh, is exactly what happened, because if you look at the teams on paper, it's certainly chalk and cheese between the Leicester players as well as uh, the Sevilla players. Let's not forget the little incident between Sami Nazri and Jamie Vardy, which was somewhat laughable, if you ask me, but uh, that obviously played a massive role, because Sevilla had to play the last 10 or 15 minutes with 10 men, and we know that Nazri on his day can be particularly devastating. He has the eye for the spectacular, and he can certainly pick out the pass. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned uh, Kasper Schmeichel as well. He was one of the stars of their, their league campaign last season. Again, last night he won man of the match, saving a penalty as well, which, I mean, in the greatest scheme of things, if you look at it today, it might not have made such a big difference, but uh, if scores are level, anything can happen. Yeah, definitely so. It would have taken the tie to extra time, and let's not forget that he saved a penalty in the first leg as well. <laughs> so uh, it would have been a 3-1 scoreline in the first leg, and uh, Leicester would have certainly been facing a, a, a more enormous task than they did uh, actually last night. So uh, it was two crucial penalty saves for Schmeichel. And what was uh, almost poetic about it, we're talking about Shakespeare now, and Shakespeare being on the bench, Shakespeare being writing the sonnets about Leicester City, that uh, his dad, Peter Schmeichel, who was a notorious penalty saver, was in uh, stands watching the game. Yeah, very cool. The other match, uh, I don't think any surprises. Uh, Juve were 2-0 up going into the clash at home against Porto. They won 1-0 last night. Uh, no, no big surprises there, or, or was that a surprise to you over the two legs? No, absolutely not. Uh, Juve have a pretty, a pretty good record against Portuguese outfits, and uh, 
I didn't. I, I'm actually calling Juve to be one of the dark horses for the title. There's so much quality and there's so much stability in that team. And now that they've added a goal scorer in Gonzalo Higuain uh, to link up with a player, an extremely talented player like uh, Paulo Diabala, there's uh, plenty to look forward to for Juve. And uh, I think the scoreline was uh, a bit flattering to FC Porto because there were a, a number of opportunities for Juve to seal the deal, only for them to uh, go up begging uh, as the game progressed. But yeah, definitely uh, Juve overwhelming favourites to go through in that one. And they certainly did that. Let's talk tonight's fixtures. Uh, as far as uh, English football concerned, Manchester City, the only team of interest tonight. Uh, and, and that could be quite a tricky one. They head to Monaco 5-3 up on aggregates, but it's those away goals that could come into play once again. Yeah, definitely. So we saw how dangerous Monaco are on the attack. And uh, they are probably Europe's most potent attacking force this season across the, the big five leagues. Uh, we know that uh, they've got abundance of young players, but it's uh, the fitness of Radamal Falcao, which is giving uh, the Monaco coach Leonardo Jardim plenty of headaches. And uh, City's away record in Europe isn't uh, all that flattering, although Pep Guardiola hasn't lost the last 16 times uh, at both uh, Bayern Munich and Barcelona, but uh, he's certainly up against it because we know Monaco will come out firing and uh, the attack is, uh, is mesmerizing. They've got that 18-year-old youngster, Kylian Mbappe, that's, uh, that's been compared to Thierry Henry as well as players such as Radamal Falcao, if he plays uh, Thomas Lima, uh, the academy has been, just been churning out talent and uh, we've seen it in years gone by the likes of Yannick Carrasco from Atletico Madrid as well as Anthony Martial graduating so uh, this latest uh, batch of youngsters can certainly follow in their footsteps and what a statement to make against uh, Manchester City you know, they've been itching to get into the top tiers of European football for quite a while now and uh, after making the semi-finals this season they would have been confident but uh, how a monitor responded in that uh, in that first leg was something to behold. It was probably the game of the season from my side, and uh, I'm sure pretty uh, a lot of people would uh, actually agree with me, given that it was just a, a display of attacking football at its finest. Mm, absolutely, we said it last week when we were chatting about Barcelona, saying they had a mountain to climb, and uh, we know what they did. So the big score lines uh, have been proved are. Are not impossible to overcome. Bayer Leverkusen have a mountain to climb tonight. They fall two down as they head to Atletico Madrid this evening. Can Lightning strike again this week, Irfan? Uh, maybe because uh, Bayern Munich, yes, but I certainly <laughs> do not think Bayer Leverkusen can do it at Atletico Madrid. And Atletico Madrid are a lot more stable than PSG when it comes defensively. Uh, and let's not forget that they are playing at the Calderon, which is probably one of the most toughest places to visit in European football. Uh, Leverkusen have had a torrid time of late. I think they've, uh, they've lost their last, they've, they haven't won in their last three Bundesliga games. They've parted ways with their coach, Roger Schmidt. And, uh, one of the most important players is currently serving a four-month ban for a breach of contract, which he isn't entirely responsible for, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a factor because, uh, on his day, Hakan Chalanoglu is a dead ball specialist. Uh, he's, he's a stereotypical number 10. He's probably one of the brightest talents in Europe. And, uh, we're gonna learn, uh, we're gonna hear a lot more about him. But, uh, unfortunately for Bayer Leverkusen, they don't, uh, have his services for the next few months. Should be interesting. Uh, two matches to look forward to. Enjoy them tonight. Irfan, I know you're going too. And uh, yeah, let's see. Maybe we're in for another epic encounter. Uh, well, in you did prove us wrong. <laughs> exactly. I don't, want to, I don't want to stick my neck out. You never know what's going to happen. But uh, yeah, thanks for your input once again tonight. We look forward to catching up again soon. Enjoy the footy. Yeah, welcome. If there's one thing that truly unites all South Africans, except for World Cup finals, it's coming together for a bribe. 
Join funny man Nick Rabinovitz and chef Hezron Lowe as they tour Mzanzi in unique vehicles and get to experience the most epic brides. If you have a special braai recipe or method that is so unique, it'll blow Nick and Hezron's socks off, send an email to tiresandbriars at sabc.co.za before the 15th of March, and SABC3 might just come try your bride. The SABC seeks to appoint a service provider for the supply of TVOB multi-purpose vehicle. Tender documents are obtainable from the 6th of March 2017 between 8am and 4pm at SABC head office. Closing date for tender documents is on the 31st of March 2017 at 12 midday. For more info, log on to sabc.co.za. Every time you exercise your human rights, remember the victims and heroes of Sharpville. It was an awful time. SAFM, appreciating the value of our human rights. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Don't forget, uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to get in touch, uh, it's great to see athletics back on the weekly roster here in South Africa. If uh, it's, uh, I hope you agree, and if uh, you want to give your opinion about what's happening at these athletics meets, obviously last week in Bloemfontein, the official clock not working, you can send your SMS to 40938. Those SMSs charged at 1.50. We head to Potts of Strom now, where Manfred Seidler uh, is uh, at the uh, third leg of the Athletics South Africa speed series manfred good evening to you uh, a pretty pretty busy lineup tonight some some good athletes in action oh yeah brad really uh, six six olympians so, so big names here competing here uh in the absolute speed series uh, the third one as you said room the last one then happening in germany next week and we already had the b program going underway you mentioned the timing clock in bloemfontein well the uh, young man who won the B race in the 100 meter event in Bloemfontein with a 10.09 clock to 10.41 tonight here in, in uh, Straw. Just an indication of uh, that there was definitely something wrong with the time. We spoke to ASA officials. They have sent uh, a report and a request for uh, uh, input uh, from LG in Austria, and uh, we're waiting a response on that. But getting back to tonight, the big names tonight already. Uh, we got uh, LJ Fontel and Wendon Nell in their favorite event, event the Formula Hurdles. There is Carson uh, Semenya making her uh, appearance, the first appearance of 2017, and that is in the woman's 3,000 meters. So uh, we don't expect any fireworks from her. She's not exactly in the shape where she will be running sub two minutes, 800 meters at this point in time in her career, or in this point in time of the season, rather. Um, in the woman's javelin. Can't see anybody, be, anybody beating her. I mean, she's streets ahead of everybody else in the country. Uh, so she should win this comfortably. Uh, Alyssa Connolly in the woman's uh, 100 and 200. And then the big, big, big showdown tonight is the men's 200 meters with uh, Akani Simbini, uh, fifth last year at the Olympic Games in the 100 meters. A young man who made history just two weeks or so ago in, uh, in, at Tuckies when he ran uh, under 10 seconds for the 100 meters and two hours later breaking 20 seconds for the 200 meters. Only the seventh man in history to actually do that. So that's a Connie Sabini. And he's going up against another Olympian called Terence Munyai, who's only got A's uh, before he turns into, he becomes a senior athlete, so he's still under 20. And he's hoping to become the, only the second junior to ever break 20 seconds behind that man, Usain Bolt. I don't think he's going to be able to do it on the track tonight. The conditions are getting a little bit chilly, and this isn't nearly as fast a track as the one in Tucks. But still, it's going to be a great race, Brad, uh, between Akani Sabini and Clarence Munyai. Uh, Akani just edging uh, Munyai in that race in Tux, uh two weeks ago. 
So, yeah, we've got some exciting stuff ahead of us. I'm interested, you mentioned that Casta Semenya is running the 3000. Uh, she's, uh, we, we know it, she's a, a very sort of uh, diverse athlete. She can run anything from the 200, essentially, and like we see tonight, running the 3000. I find it interesting, though, early on in the season, she's running a longer race. You'd think she'd be maybe doing the shorter ones now. Is, is, is there any reason for it? Well, it's very different to what she did last year, isn't it? I mean, last year, the, the uh, Central Northwest Championships, which will be happening around about next week, I think that's taking place. She did the 4, the 8, and the 1500, and we were speculating that she might even do the 8 and the 1500 and possibly even the 400 at the Olympic Games. Um, that, of course, didn't happen, but no. Um, she she's recently come back from honeymoon, so she hasn't done much in the way of training, so nothing ominous or anything to, to worry about in that respect. Um, basically just catching up on doing some, some distance work as opposed to, you know, if, if you think about it, last year at the at the uh, provincial championships where she was doing that for the, the 15 and the 801 day, uh, that's intensive work as well, so she might as well be doing the 3,000. So I don't think there's too much of a difference in that. And, uh, uh, nothing major to be worried about at all. You, you said that we shouldn't expect fireworks. Is she going to win? Well, it's, it's, it's quite a uh, challenging field, if you will. We've got Mapa Sekamakanya that we all know her as a marathon runner. Um, also, a, a, a very competent 10-kilometer runner in her own right, but she's been doing a lot of road work, and track is very different. There is uh, Leva Palula also running in the 3,000, and then there's the, uh, the young lady from Bloemfontein, who these days is uh, setting the, 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 the track on fire. I remember she blew, at Durban two weeks ago, she won that 5,000 meters in the 1609, I think it was. And that's, of course, uh, Kisa Casey, uh, um, and I've forgotten her surname. It's very terrible. Um, but she's the, she's the former athlete in the 3,000 meters. And that could very well be, she could very well be challenging uh, a cast of in that 3,000. So it's not a foregone conclusion she's going to win this race. Should be a good one. Manfred Sider, thank you very much for that update here on SAFM. We'll have all the results for you tomorrow morning uh, on SAFM AM Live. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Well, as I mentioned at the top of the show, the draw for the under-20 FIFA World Cup, which is taking place in South Korea in May and June this year, was concluded today. And the draw pits Amajita up against South American champions, Uruguay, European giants, Italy and Japan. South African Football Association Technical Director Neil Tovey says even though it is a tough draw, South Africa need to go there not just to make up the numbers, they need to press for a spot in the knockout stages. Look, it's a tough draw, but uh, I've seen I've seen draws that you think you're in an easy group and you don't qualify. So at least we'll be tuned in, and, and uh, you know, once what's one what's good with those 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 countries, we should be able to get a lot of footage and do our homework on those countries like Italy, Uruguay, and Japan. And uh, you know, we're not going to be short of of, of hard work and, and determination. To I don't want to I don't, this. Qualifying for the next for the tournament is not good enough for me. I want to we we as SAFA need to look at the next stage where we're going to progress in these international and FIFA tournaments and CAF tournaments. So yes, we are excited, but any draw would have been a really difficult draw. You don't get a World Cup and, and you have an easy draw. So so it's interesting, contrasting styles of play. Asian, you know, the Japanese hard running. Italy will be really defensively. Organized and structured, and Uruguay have that little bit of the South American flair. So, so it's, it, it, it's, it helps with 
you know, the diversity of our planning that we need to plan against countries now and uh, and but we'll sit down with the technical team and see okay how we're going to plan forward so that we give them the best possible best possible opportunity to to be successful Speaking of that planning, head coach Tavo Sanong, who was in South Korea for the draw, has spoken about international friendlies against Portugal, France, Germany and the host South Korea. Toby says nothing's been confirmed yet, but that's the path they will follow. It's a little bit early to talk on, we just have to sit down and structure and get, get opponents that are going to be the closest possible opponents uh, to, to, to the teams that we've had drawn in our group, as I mentioned across the spectrum how they all are. So maybe having a friendly against the likes of the South Korea and, and as you say, European opposition in Portugal and, and maybe, uh, maybe, a, maybe a Dutch team, you know, uh, and then obviously South American opposition and, and, you know, and have a look at structuring it so, so that we can give them, as I said, the best possible diversity and play that, that we're going to encounter. SAFM Sports Wrap. That's it for the show for this evening. Don't forget, if you'd like to be in touch uh, via social media, SAFM Radio is where you'll find us. You can find me at Big Brad Brown. Uh, and uh, in the meantime, until we're back tomorrow, you can pop an email to sport at safm.co.za to get in touch with our executive producer. I'll be back again tomorrow afternoon. More sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Whitten. Make sure you tune in then. The talk shop with Lady Maleo coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news. From myself, Brad Brown, and my producer this evening, Siobhan Chetty. Thank you so much for joining us right now. It's 7 o'clock and Greg Close has your news.